Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Ayers. I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that Good day. This is Taft Ayers, your host of Circle Unbroken. Excited to come to you today, whatever way you are listening to us. You may be in your car. You may be on your smart device. You might have it on your phone somewhere with some earbuds. I I have no idea, but we are just glad that you have tuned in to another episode of Circle Unbroken. I am joined today, I am flanked on the side by my man, Coach Mike. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Have you um, been keeping up with the basketball tournament? Uh, unfortunately, yes. And so <laughs> I've been, I've been busted, busted and busted and then busted again. <laughs> I was going to say, is your bracket fully intact? But no, you're triple busted. Huh? Yes. Yes. I, I, I lost, I had Kansas in the final four, so I got hurt there mm. early. I had Tennessee going a little bit one round further than they did. I got right. hit there again. And then I had uh, a couple of blue bloods. Going into the final four, and of course there are no blue bloods in the final four, so they're not. I'm, I'm messed up. <laughs> I saw I saw a guy say recently. He said college basketball now has the parity that everybody has been asking for, yep. and he said now with the 68 teams, he said the whole goal is just get in, get in. Yeah, if you if you get in, you got a shot. Now. Got a shot. That's you know something I've always preached when I was coaching high school football and, and mm-hmm. baseball. Just hey, all we got to do is get in. Right. Once we're in, mm-hmm. anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, you want your home field advantages helps, and it you know helps with the travel, and helps obviously helps with the money and all that stuff. Right. But the big thing is getting in. I feel, and, and, and I feel that's that. especially especially with the NCAA. I think that's what's made it. You know the 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 big thing that it's become. Right. Uh, is that the little guy still has the chance to. Uh, you know, be the giant killer. You know, FAU. You know, they're they're the they're this year's Cinderella story. Right. A couple of years ago, it was uh, Loyola Chicago, and other times, he's Creighton has gone different. You know, the little guy can make it in this in this uh, tournament format. So I think that's what makes it so exciting, uh, so interesting, and uh, you know, just something that we all kind of like to play games with and and, and stuff. Sure. And. Yeah, we moan and groan, but at the same time, <laughs> hey, to me, this is going to be one of the more interesting Final Fours because oh. you got people that have, don't spend much time there. It makes you wonder, A, how the TV execs feel about it. <laughs> um, but the flip side to that is all of these other schools, if people haven't heard of them, yeah. they're, they're paying for advertisements now. Uh, when FDU won, um, I saw a commercial, and do you see it? It started, yeah. it said, hey, maybe you've heard of us. And yeah. then it was a commercial about their school. Yeah. Who, who'd ever heard of Gonzaga before right. the NCAA tournament right. 10, 12 years ago? Right. Nobody knew. Right. You know, and there's still a lot of people going, who, where, where I've heard of them. Right. Where are they? Yeah. Who would pass a test, <laughs> a, a test on where they are? And now they're a, for, for the, for your common fan who knows a little yeah. bit, they're your perennial fan. Like yeah. you'll look and go, Ooh, I can put them through. Yeah. They're, they're going to do it. I, yeah, I was, yeah. I was one of them. That was, right. that was, that was one of the teams I thought would make it. I find myself. Less and less, in a good way, less and less surprised. 
when 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 you see a, a, a higher seed team beat a lower seed team, the it's not that you don't appreciate it anymore because it's still fun, but you're less and you're going okay, yeah, they could win. Well, the talk this year was which which twelve was going to beat the five. Right, right. It was it wasn't if a twelve, it was which one. Yeah, was going to do it, mm-hmm. and sure enough, a couple of them did it. So. Uh, you know, that's, that, that's become the, you know, the, the big thing now is to pick the upset, right? To be, yes. you know, pick the dark horse or which, the, Cinder, which or the Cinderella team, you, own? you know, which yeah. Cinderella team is going to come and, and, uh, you know, have, did you pick them? I remember years ago, I was, I was working with a bunch of guys that were, that were college age. And one of them was in a financial situation and he was talking about what he was going to do to get some money pretty fast. And he said, well, there's a poker game that's down at the community college. And he said, I'm thinking about going. What do you think about that? He asked me that directly. Like, like, what do you think about it? And so instead of preaching to him or instead of saying anything, I just, I like to, one of the things I like to do is give advice by asking questions. And it's not that I'm playing like, you know, mm-hmm. mental games with him, but just, just to get him talking. And so I said, hey, man, like, so is this like a loaded game? Is this a game that you think you can win? Are, are the guys there? Or like, are you at more risk for actually going? Because I mean, I know it's called gambling. Like, like, so, mm-hmm. so, just talk to me. And he looks at me with this look in his eyes, and, and I'll never forget it. He said, "There's some guys that are good in this game," and I said, "Okay." And he said, "But all I need is a chip and a seat." And the mentality there for him was, "All I need is a chip and a seat so that I can have a chance." Yeah. To do this. Now, we can do a whole other show on the dangers of that. Yeah. But but for the NCAA basketball tournament, um, all these teams need is just a spot. Yeah. Give me a spot. I've got a puncher's chance. There's uh, Was it last year that one of the, the what they called the first four mm, the, the right. teams that normally wouldn't have made it, mm-hmm. but they made it in, got all the way into the Elite Eight or yeah. got into the final. I don't think yeah. they made it to the final four, but they got all the way into the Elite Eight. And they – in previous years, would have not even been in the tournament. Right, so. right. And you see it in, like, pro baseball. A team now can literally back their way into the playoffs. Uh, back their way in the playoffs and then win the World Series. Um, and, and so that's an interesting concept. One of the things that's really got me going through this, and if people are looking at archives of these shows, you'll be able to tell that the past few have been during March Madness because the things that I'm talking about, I talked about effort. Um, I talked about confidence, you know, what those things mean. And these are just things that I have seen there, and I'm bringing them here. Another one that I want to talk about today is is a factor that's important and the word that we're going to camp out with today for this episode is the word gratitude because I got hooked. Now, here's a confession, Coach. I, I filled out my bracket. Uh, the first bracket I had, Gonzaga or Gonzaga, uh, winning winning the whole thing because that was easy. Well, then when it was time for um, us to regroup, my family did one where we said, uh, my wife and our four kids, we're going to do a sweet 16 bracket where we redo. Everybody gets a second yeah. chance, second chance bracket. And so we did it. Funny thing is I had fallen in love with Kansas State. And for those of you in Radio Land, Kansas State has a point guard who in one of the games the other night set the NCAA tourney record for assists. And he set this record um, in, in this win. The guy is five foot nine. Um, he dominates a game, and he also scores a lot of points with a lot of assists. So he's a total package player. But he's five foot nine. He's a very interesting player. But he has a small little tattoo 
behind his ear. And it's a really thin one to the point where you really have to look close to see what it says. And it's written, um, it's written vertically. And so it, it, the, the first letter starts at the top and it goes down like a ladder. And right behind his ear um, is the word faith. And so I looked at that, and as I saw him play the game, he's also a flashy player. And so I was talking to one of my friends about him, and I said, hey, I like the way he plays. And he said, yeah, he's good. He challenges the old white man inside of me. And I started laughing, and what the guy meant was he's fundamental, and he, he was really uh, maybe saying something a tad bit racial. But no, what he was saying is that he is very conservative in how he plays, and this kid seems to be pretty flashy. Well, that all went away. When they win the game the other night, they beat Michigan State. This kid had gone out of the game with a sprained ankle, and his team was up seven. In the time that he was out getting treatment for it, the other team, Michigan State, went up four. So that's a swing. Mm -hmm. He comes back in on one leg, finishes the game, dominates the game, sets the NCAA tourney record, okay? Afterwards, they are interviewing the coach, and then they're interviewing him. Well, when they interviewed the coach, did you see this interview by chance? I didn't. Okay, I didn't get it oh, you, you're going to love this. Yeah, you were busy. Uh, you're doing important things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's what happens. They interview the coach, and you had seen the, the point guard and the coach a little bit throughout the game. You had seen a little bit of bickering, but it wasn't being undercut. It was just him talking. And at one point, he's bringing the ball up the court, and it was a perfect chance for the other team to steal it, but that didn't happen. And he's, he's, he's dribbling the ball, and he's talking to the coach, and they're going back and forth, and you can tell they're trying to get a play down. And all of a sudden, the coach just goes, go, go, go. And the point guard turns and throws an alley-oop to a cutting guy on the baseline who reverse dunked it. And that stayed in my brain because I thought, is this guy undercutting the coach – you know, I just had these questions that mm -hmm. I couldn't tell from my perspective. Well, the game ends, and they're interviewing the two of them. The coach has his arm around the point guard. And me and you have talked before, winning cures everything. I, I get oh, that. Yeah. But he said, these boys coach the game. And he pointed to him, and he goes, they do a lot more coaching than I do. And here's what he said. He said, I just love them. And he said, amazing things can happen when you love people. Well, sure, he was high from winning the game. And, and we all know that he didn't just sit there and write love letters to his players or give, give them just affirmations. We know he's a coach. But in that moment, he was saying, these guys coach the game. I just love them up. And amazing things can happen when you love people. Well, immediately you look at the point guard. Because you know, if, if somebody gives me a compliment in public and I'm on a public stage, if my wife is next to me, don't watch me. Watch her face. Because you can watch the person next to see how they receive it. You can tell if, there's, if it's landing on an authentic spot or not. Well, you look over at the player, and he's just smiling from ear to ear. You can tell that he knows his coach really loves him. Yeah. And so they launch into the interview with him. And here's what he says, Coach. They say, you just set the record, the NCAA tourney record for assists. How do you feel? Um, to tell us about that. And the guy just goes in immediately and says, now remember, he's got the little faith tattoo behind his ear. He says, I just want to start by saying, God gives us all different talents. And God blesses us all in different ways. And I am just so grateful to be on this platform where I can share those talents that he has given me. And it was all, like the, the guy just pointed he deferred. He did, he just it wasn't about me. Like yeah, God made me an awesome player. You know, it, it, some people say stuff like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel believable. 
He just said, we all have different talents. And I am so humbled to be on this platform to share the talents that God has given me. And it was, <clears throat> it was so grateful. And it was so encouraging to see a young man talk that way. And here's what's funny, Coach. It made, <laughs> it made me say, shame on me and shame on my buddy for what we said about his flashy play. It also made me question myself because I thought, you know, what a ridiculous place to put a tattoo right, but right behind your ear like that. Like I, I just, I sat there and went, you know what? I'm thin slicing here, but as I look at this, this is a guy who is showing the appropriate type of gratitude for the world to see. When when people are grateful, you you want to pull for them. When when people are grateful, you you want to see them succeed. It's an opportunity to look at them and you kind of pause and say, I can, I can see this tangible gratitude here. And this is a guy on a, on a big stage who isn't counting his assists. He's counting his blessings. And that was just so neat for me to see. And so I immediately started grabbing my kids. Did y'all see this interview? Like we, we would hit the rewind button on the, on the TV so that all my kids could see People are looking. People are hungry. People want to be encouraged and people want to benefit from gratitude that other people show. And so as we talk about the circle unbroken, if if people are new to this format, we hit the subjects of faith, business, and community. And all three of those places are perfect places. They're perfect breeding grounds and platforms to experience to practice, and to exercise the concept of being grateful. If somebody at church is grateful, they're grateful for the opportunity to be there. They're grateful to worship in our land without extreme fear of persecution, grateful for what God has done for them in their lives, and, and that's tangible. You, when you go to a church where people are grateful for their blessings, you can feel it and you want to go back. When you experience business and, and you're part of a company or part of an industry where from the top, the, the leaders in that organization are people that are grateful. They're grateful that we show up. They're grateful that people spend money with them. They're grateful that their business is still standing. They will thrive when they're grateful. When you look at a community and somebody says, Let's take it to the big stage. I'm proud to be an American. All right. We could cue up the music right now where at least I know I'm free and I won't, I'm going to keep going and I won't forget uh, those who died to make this life for me. And I know I just put my own spin on it, but there's a gratitude to live in that freedom in a smaller scale. You look at the community that you look at, you're grateful maybe to live here in your town. And so that is something that, prompts people to do better things and to do greater things on a local context. And so gratitude, I think, uh, is a fuel. It's a fuel that yeah. keeps us going. Well, one of the things we that everybody needs to keep in mind is that any, you know, very, 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 uh, a minuscule mm-hmm. uh, situations appear where you make yourself successful. Usually if you're a success in anything, it's because other people had a part of it or helped you in some way or another. You know, coaches talk about it all the time. We're a team. We, we, right. You know, no one person on this team is, is 
in you know is is not expendable all these all these different things and stuff like that but if you go back and look you know anybody that's any kind of a success had somebody else they sure did help them uh and you know i in fact i i can't think of a, a situation where somebody has been a, a success, a true success in anything without somebody else, without some somebody, something else being involved in building part of that success. And having the recognition of that and being grateful and, and expressing that mm-hmm. the gratefulness for that is, is huge. Again, you know, the, the old cliche, and it's a cliche for a reason. Honey, you know, you can track a lot more flies with honey than you right, can with vinegar. Right, right. Hey, you know, if I recognize somebody else helped me and I acknowledge that they're going to be more willing to help me again. They sure are. They, they sure are. And it's, there's a lot of things that we tell people, we tell people to count their blessings. And sometimes that sounds like a chore, you know, count your blessings, make sure you do it. Right. Um, then you look at the concept that you just mentioned, coach, if I am grateful and I express that in a healthy and timely way, where I, I tell somebody thank you. There are times I I will tell my kids, tell them thank you, because I'm still trying to parent. And they will be staring a hole into the ground, not look you in the eye, and it'll be like this, thank you. I'm like, oh, no. Eh, eh, eh. All right, look them in the eye. Tell them what you're saying thank you for. And, and while it may feel forced, what I'm trying to do is set something for the future where people will want to help you more. People will want to do those things for you more. Um, I had a church leader one time tell me, he said, people don't need to wait until they're leaving to say thank you. He said, it's a good time to say it. You know, hey, we've had a good run here, coach. It's been great. I'm heading this way. You're heading that way. Thank you. That's appropriate. But there's this mentality of don't wait until you're leaving to do that. Uh, make sure that you tell people at other times. Same thing goes for I love you. Like, man, when I get on the phone with my wife and we're talking for a long time, at the very end of it, of the conversation, one of us is going to say, well, you have a good day. You have a good day. I love you. Like, boom. And it's almost done in maybe just ritual sometimes or circle. You know, hey, y'all, that's why I say before I get off the phone. If we started the phone call with, hey, hey, love you. Like, whoa, what's going on? You Okay. You good? Somebody dying? Like, well, what's happening? Uh, but it's special if you lead with it. Well, when I lead with gratitude, my life can change. And that's what we want to talk about today. I think some of the best practices that we can participate in and do on a regular basis is the first thing that we should say before our feet hit the floor in the morning is these two special words. You ready? Thank you. Let that sink in for a minute. If the first words I say when I wake up in the morning are, thank you, how will my day change? My eyes open. Maybe I turn off the alarm. Maybe I finish the snooze, whatever I got to do. There may be a dog licking you. There may be a rooster crowing. I don't know. But if you say the words, thank you, before you get up, you are thanking a higher power for giving you another gift. Also, if there's somebody else in that bed, you tap them on the shoulder. You tap them on the shoulder and you say, thank you. You know what you're saying? Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for the opportunity to face another day together. When we come back, we're going to talk about gratitude a little bit more. And we're going to talk about effective benefits of being grateful. Here on Circle Unbroken. 
Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back. You are listening to The Circle Unbroken here with Kennedy Broadcasting. I am your host, Taft Ayers, and I am joined in with my producer friend, my coach, 
my guru. He may be a little bit of my preacher and my counselor today as we talk about gratitude, that long introduction for a good man. Coach Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. I hope I can live up to all that. <laughs> <laughs> we just like to build them, man. We just like to stack them up. It's, it's really how I want my family to introduce me in the morning. It's our father. It's our provider. <laughs> it's the patient one. He knows the Netflix passwords. He takes us to church. Daddy. Uh, that would be great if they said any of those things. It's more so, do we have any waffles? <laughs> and so we are talking today about what it means to be grateful. And this is part one of a two-part podcast slash radio show. Um, our the episode today and our episode tomorrow will both be about gratitude. And we started our session today talking about we were a little bit of the NCAA tournament, about a young man who's a point guard for Kansas State and how he just seemed to be a walking embodiment of what it means to be grateful and Coach and I spent a lot of time in conversation on our first segment talking about what grateful people look like, um, being timely in your gratitude, saying thankful, saying that you're thankful, saying thank you the right way um, to the right people. And Coach said something about sometimes being grateful is a struggle because we don't realize or stop to evaluate and press pause and realize that other people have gotten us here. There are other people. We One of the best ways to be grateful is to say this phrase, we are standing on the shoulders of giants today. Like we are here right now because of something that someone else has done before. And that that is the ultimate definition. If you're familiar with our circle and broken concept, faith, business, and community, that's the ultimate definition of what I call good religion. Right? We know about bad religion, uh, not, not the... Uh, Music, But the good religion is when I am a part of something where I say, I'm standing on the shoulders of stuff that's been done before me, uh, all the way back to Jesus, of course, but church fathers, leaders, things that have been done. And, and I've heard it said before that marks of a good religion are one that you can joke about. But the reality of it is marks of a healthy religion biblically uh, is the kind that you can look at and you can say there have been great things that have done, been done before us and we're carrying on that work now. And you can be grateful for that. In business, you look and you say there have been pioneers in industry who have come before. Uh, they have advanced things through technology, through practice. And now here we are with a computer in our pocket in the form of a cell phone. Uh, now here we are with all of these great technological advances where we can do things based on what other people had done, have done before in innovation. And we have to be grateful for that because we can experience beautiful commerce and exchange because of things that have happened before. In our communities, there are traditions, there are rituals where you can look and you can say there are building blocks that have made this community strong. And now we are here and we are able to thrive because of what's been done before. I'm going to tell a little bit about my age and also a little bit about my culture growing up, Coach. I was not allowed to watch the show The Simpsons. All right. Uh, it got really popular when I was a kid. We would always go to Mr. Gaddy's to eat pizza and we would go on the kids eat free night. And on this big screen TV was this cartoon and it was this cartoon called The Simpsons. And I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. And my uh, mom would reach over and she would kind of say, you enjoy it now because you don't watch this at home. 
you're not watching at home. And, and compared to television today, I don't know if it would be like, you know, G rated. I'm not sure, but I wasn't allowed to watch it. And I was always told I wasn't allowed to watch it because there was a young man on the show that parents thought had a terrible attitude. They thought that his attitude was not a good one. Now, one day, my mom went somewhere with somebody from church, and the lady's husband was my babysitter. He was also an ethics teacher at Vanderbilt. And so, you know, I don't know who you had babysit you growing up. Uh, people may have had the, you know, $2 an hour, 15-year-old. But I was babysat by an ethics professor from Vanderbilt. And so he, this is funny, folks. Just picture this. Picture young Taft there uh, in an apartment in Nashville somewhere. And my mom goes out and I'm left with this man to babysit me. And I don't know if he was in the doghouse with his wife or what, but he was watching me. Well, guess what he liked to watch? What do you think, Coach? The Simpsons. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> and so he, the ethics professor from Vanderbilt, just, just have fun with this, folks. Um, he liked to watch The Simpsons. And so I'm there, and it comes on, and my adrenaline goes up. Because when you're not allowed to do something, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm getting away with something yes, here. <laughs> correct. And the babysitter's doing it. But somehow, some way, I told on myself. And I said, excuse me, sir, picture, picture being the babysitter at this point. You just want the kid to watch the cartoon and shut up until your wife gets back. And I said, excuse me, sir. And he said, yes. And I said, you're watching The Simpsons. And he said, okay, I see that your eyes work. I am watching The Simpsons. And I said, I'm not allowed to. And he looks at me like any good ethics professor would. And he says, well, you have a decision to make, young man. He said, you, you have a dilemma. You can sit here and watch it and wonder if I'm going to tell your mom. Or you can exercise your moral muscles. I remember him saying it. I'm a child, coach. <laughs> and he says, or you can exercise your moral muscles uh, and you can go into another room. Well, this was a small apartment. I mean, this is like what to do in babysitting 101, I think. No. And so I, I chose to watch it. I said, oh, well, hey, you're the babysitter. I, I've got to obey the, I've got to respect the laws of the land. And so I watched The Simpsons with him. And as I watched it, and I wish I could tell you this is the worst thing I ever did in my life. <laughs> but I watched the show with him. And I remember this time they asked the, the character, Bart Simpson, to say grace at the, at the meal. And somebody at the table said, Bart, say grace. And so it's time for this young man to watch, to, as I'm watching it, for, time for him to, to pray. And he gets the food and he says, okay, big guy. And this is him talking to God. He goes, okay, big guy. Uh, this is the part where we thank you. And I'm not really sure why we're thanking you. And he says, we worked hard. We bought it. We cleaned it. We cooked it. I'm not sure what you have to do with it, but thanks anyway. Let's eat. Well, as a child, I'm sitting here going, this is why I'm not supposed to watch it. Like, I'm, I'm probably going straight to hell Phil, for, for watching this show right now. Now, as I'm older, I look back at that, and I know the, the Simpsons had really, really, really intricate writers. They would write things and do things in a cartoon format that were very complex. And, and a lot of people don't know that. People maybe have not studied that. But there's a even sociological thing going on here with them writing that because there are a lot of people for them prayer is just a ritual it's just a thing that they do that's that's not original with 
The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever if you've ever seen this play or the movie or whatever called Shenandoah. Gotcha. The father of the household. It's 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 a it's a war about uh, civil war movie where a right? father yeah, yeah, tries, familiar. To, yeah. tries to keep his kids out of the war and ends up just encroaching on everything. Well, they show a supper scene where they've got the whole family around and the father's sitting there. And he, of course he's the hardworking farmer right. and stuff like that. And he goes, uh, his wife, you know, he, he starts to dig in and his wife says, Hey, you remember say grace. And he goes, okay. Says, okay, father, I'm supposed to say thank you for this. Oh, I planted the seed. I weeded it. I harvested it. I, I did all the preparation, but uh, my wife says I'm supposed to thank you. So thank you for this food. Yes. And it was kind of like, whoa. Right. You know, and and you, you kind of, kind of get the idea that maybe daddy was asking for all the problems that show up later. (laughs) Yeah. You were talking about planting seeds. Yeah. But right. uh, But, but yeah, when, when you were talking about with, Mm -hmm. with Bart Simpson, I thought, that's I've seen that scene before. <laughs> well, hey, let's look at this. This just backs up the fact that the Simpsons had complex writing. So if anybody out there wants to do a thesis paper or a statement, uh, you can take the Simpsons and Shenandoah. You, you can put those yes. together uh, and see the fact that that shows our human condition. So that's reinforcement um, for me here. And, and that's what we do. I think sometimes we count our blessings almost like we're just going through the motions. We say thank you. We pray. We we express this, you know, idea of I am I am grateful. I guess I'm grateful because I'm supposed to be. I say thank you because it's the right thing to do. Almost like it's just good manners. And and what I want to launch into here is the benefits of gratitude because yes, saying thank you is oftentimes just good manners, but showing appreciation. Showing real gratitude can also, this is point number one, can also help you make new friends and build new relationships. Point number one about being grateful, about showing gratitude is this. Gratitude kicks the door wide open for additional relationships. It, when somebody is authentically Grateful, showing appreciation can, can help you to do that, to make new friends and build new relationships. And what I mean by that is just think about the practice. Thanking a new acquaintance, we talked about this earlier, makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship with you. When you thank somebody for something, they may go, oh, that was out of nowhere. Oh, that... You're, you're grateful for that. That really surprised me. It, it surprised somebody and maybe even restored their hope in a situation. And so when you do this, whether or not you think, let's say, a stranger for opening a door for you, I mean, uh, we're going to say that, right? Chivalry's not dead. Taking care of people is not extinct. If somebody opens a door for you and you look at them and you say, thank you, when you see them again in the same situation, Maybe you see them again in the same building that you're entering and there's a seat by them and you don't have assigned seats. You may think, hey, there's the person that we have the door exchange with and they seem pleasant. Well, what I know is I'm going to sit by them. And then maybe you sit by them and there's a seed planted and then, and then something grows from that. Enter a church, enter a church and somebody's a greeter and they open a door for you and they, they act like they're genuinely happy to see you there. Well, you go throughout the church service and let's say you have a need later on. Your kid goes crazy. 
you have a medical emergency where you go to the bathroom. I mean, I'm filling the blank on crazy stuff. What's going to happen is that person was nice to me. We said, thank you, you know, for holding the door. Thank you for welcoming me here. And then all of a sudden you want to seek the next step of the relationship with somebody who is grateful. Now, also we do this a lot with thank you notes, a thank you text, uh, a thank you note. My grandmother was really, really big on thank you notes. And I remember she was so big on thank you notes that one year for her birthday, I gave her a package of thank you notes because she was the one that taught us how to, how to be grateful. I mean, she would write a thank you note for everything. If she saw you or you did something, you're going to get a thank you note. And the greatest irony in my life was giving her that package of thank you notes and then her writing me a thank you note on the thank you notes <laughs> that I gave her. But when you do that, when you tell somebody, thank you for helping me with a project, thank you for your contribution, it, it leads to new openings. And I want to say that's not the only reason we do it. Don't tell somebody thank you just so that you can grease the wheel because people will see through that. But when you are thankful for something, when you are thankful for an opportunity, when you are grateful for having a seat in a position or getting your foot in the door to a certain situation, it's going to open up the door for more opportunities down the road. So number one, being grateful, showing real gratitude, kicks the door open, opens up the door for new relationships and new opportunities. So remember that today when you're hearing this, maybe there's something right now, maybe there's a text you need to send right now, right now, don't delay, but right now you need to send that text to somebody for something they did today, they did it yesterday, and if somebody else was holding you accountable or in check, they would say this, hey, have you thanked them yet? Oh, man, I meant to. Well, your thumbs still work. <laughs> You're still alive. Do it. All right? Send that to them because you never know what could happen. There's a second part to this. So a second level to showing gratitude and a benefit to it is this. Grateful people are more hopeful. Can I say that again? People that are grateful, people that express gratitude are more hopeful. Studies have shown that being more grateful, showing real authentic gratitude can foster a feeling of well-being and hope. When I actively make myself note all the things that I am grateful for, I will feel better mentally and physically. My wife has my children do this. She will say, hey, today you've got to write 25 things that you're grateful for. And it can be 25 things, anything, because it's going to change their attitude. Gratitude's benefits are not only correlated there, but in some aspects, they can be things we're grateful for that are just casual. And so gratitude can act directly as an agent for our well-being in addition to acting as a way that we can buffer against negativity. Because nobody wants to hang out with somebody that's like Eeyore, Okay, they kind of walks in. Hey, how you doing? Or maybe if you like friends, Ross Geller, he would come into hello and it would just always sound so gray and so down. People that are grateful are more hopeful, but they also add more light. They also add more color that there's more expression when somebody is grateful. And so I think we would all agree that what this world needs is more hope. 
And if you want to be somebody, I, I developed this term and used it a lot uh, during COVID. Uh, if you want to be a hope dealer, right? If you want to be somebody that gives hope to other people, gratitude, people that are grateful are going to be over and over again more hopeful. And that's how we fight against negativity. That's how we fight against emotions that are bad and negative and kind of life sucking. You want to be more life giving? Be grateful. It'll change your faith, your business, and your communities. Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hubs for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business 
Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Lewis Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Middle Tennessee. 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia. We are back here with Circle Unbroken. Taft Ayers, your host, joined by Coach Mike. Good day, sir. Good day. How are you? I am good. I am good. Having a good time today. Really, 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 you ready for this? Grateful to be on the mic. And and I say that from a place of authenticity because I want to be better. I want to do better, and I think that gratitude does that, and that's what we've been discussing today. You feeling thankful today, Coach? Oh, yeah, uh, really thankful. Uh, more thankful right now for my last week. Right. I had a chance to uh, uh, meet my grandkids for the first time. Oh, uh, wow. My, my daughter adopted a couple of young boys, and um, and this was the first chance we had to see them and uh, actually be a grandfather. So mm. – uh, Mm. It was a new experience, uh, an experience that I'm, I'm, I'm cherishing and relishing and, and looking forward to further. But, uh, yeah, wow. you know, really be, grateful right now that we actually get to start the journey. And be grateful every day, right? <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Well, and that's important because you want to be able to turn around and be somebody who is thankful, be somebody who is grateful, be somebody that can spread that to other people. And so I think telling grandchildren, telling your wife, telling your daughter, tell, telling everybody around you, hey, I am, there's nothing better than be able to say, I am grateful that you're here. Like I am grateful. One of the best things I think we can ever say to somebody is, I love you because you exist. It, now those don't make uh, Hallmark cards, but it's, I love you, period. Just because you exist, it's not merit-based. It's not because of your 401k. Uh, it's not because of anything you've done for me. I love you because you're here. And that's, that's what God does for us. You know, I, I, I gave you a birthday. I gave you a purpose. I kickstarted you in this life, you know? And so it's, it's really, really, really neat uh, to look and to turn around and to say, in my life, I am grateful that the people that surround me, the people that I'm here, the people that I have, and I'm really grateful to be here. And I know that it's not just based on what I can do or what somebody can do for me. Uh, we've been talking about this, and this is part one today of our two-part series on gratitude. And we want to finish up today uh, with just a few more benefits of gratitude. And so we want to roll into those. We, we gave you two earlier. We said that gratitude kicks the door wide open for additional relationships. Grateful people are more hopeful. There's another one here, and, and this may not sit well with the medical community. And so when I say this, know that I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to medical school, but you can improve your physical health with gratitude. And I want people to hear that. 
You can improve your physical health with gratitude. And the reason that I'm telling you today that you can do that is I'm not telling you that the two words, thank you, cures cancer. Okay. I'm not telling you that if you have a broken bone, that saying thank you all of a sudden heals that bone. But when I spend my time thinking about all the negative things to my life, when it comes to my physical well-being, when it comes to the things in my life that are going wrong with my body, and I'm negative uh, about those things, and I'm, and I'm mad, and I'm furious, and it's, it's woe is me, and, I, and I'm down, you know what can happen? A lot of times when I'm feeling that way, I will neglect to take care of my health. I will neglect to go in and to do things that are, that are customary to making somebody better. Uh, some of the people in my life and some of the times in my life when I've been negative and I haven't been grateful, I wasn't exercising, I wasn't going to routine checkups, and these things are things that have been told to me will contribute to further longevity. Um, that when I am grateful, when I wake up in the morning and say, I'm thankful to be here, well, I'm going to seize the day. And, and by seizing the day, I may find myself doing things that are more healthy. And it's been said before that those people that are grateful, they tend to report feeling healthier than those who do not actively practice gratefulness. Yeah. Thoughts uh, on that, Coach? Yeah. The, the, well, being grateful and expressing gratefulness releases the tension of the moment. Uh, you know, when somebody's ungrateful, there's there's some tension that builds mm-hmm. up. And when tension builds up, we have this natural adrenaline reaction called fight or flight. Right. And right. if that's constantly being built up, then there are negative aspects to that. Um, when you express gratitude, at least my experience has been the tension eases out. Mm, mm. just kind of just dissipates. Right. And then you, you're more relaxed. Your body works better. You know, there, there, there is a, a, an emotional component to your health. Right. And, and that, you know, that, uh, that gratitude helps with that. A lack of gratitude creates that, that, that moment, that tension mm. of the moment. And if you have, you have a lot of that, yes, it does work against you physically. Oh yeah. It, it'll, it'll shut you down. As well, do. Um, and, and when you have it, it can prompt you to also dig deep within yourself to, to do more and to be more because of the energy and, and the fuel, as we're mentioning, that, that you're given. And so the next thing that it can do when, when you are somebody that is grateful, it'll make you a better leader. It'll turn you into somebody who feels better and who practices self-care for yourself to, to do better. But when you are grateful, it'll keep your peers, your coworkers, your employees, like fill in the blank, people that orbit around you. It will keep them happy and motivated because that starts with gratitude. Those people that feel that their work is appreciated and is recognized, they're more likely to work harder. Grateful leaders motivate their employees' productivity. People that are not grateful will not turn around and, and motivate those people. They'll, they'll be grumbling. They'll tell them, woe is me. The sky is falling. And, and everybody feels emotionally sick. They feel productively anemic. You know, like, like we just don't have the energy to keep going. And so it makes you a better leader 
when you are somebody that practices gratitude and through that leadership, the next bullet point for us today is this, it will increase your ability to be resilient. When I am somebody that is grateful, resilience is defined in psychology as the capacity to cope. Hear this, Radio Lands. It is the capacity to cope with stress, traumatic events, and adversity. And again, we always quote research here. We always say research has shown, but I promise you it's true. Research has shown that not only does gratitude help decrease stress levels, but but it also plays a large factor in overcoming traumatic events. When I am grateful for purpose, when I am grateful for life, recognizing all the things that I have to be grateful for, even during the worst times of my life, will cultivate a resilience, will give me an opportunity to say, I want to keep going. I want to push forward. Maybe you're somebody today that has either been asked this question or you have asked this question. How are you so hopeful? How are you so grateful? And you've got an opportunity to tell them, hey, this may seem like the worst of times, but it's just a season or it's just a moment. You're going to make it through it. Any thoughts on that, Coach? Well, you, you, you kind of hark back to uh, a lesson that I learned, uh, you know, going to, to back to our religious mm-hmm. idea or to the biblical side. The book of James mm. makes the mm. comment, be right. grateful, be thankful for the stresses or for the tests because the tests are going to make you better. Right. You know, that's that's a very loose paraphrase, mm-hmm. obviously, but uh, it's, you know, it, it it does express the idea of being thankful. You know, it's much easier to work with people who are working for you right? than because of you. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, again, when you do run into the adversity, then if we're working together, we're grateful to each other, then I know that you have a similar purpose, a similar goal, and we're more than willing to work with each other to do this if – I get the idea you're not grateful or I'm not grateful mm-hmm. to you. Then there's that tension. Okay. I got to take, I got to guard myself. I got to take care of myself here. Right. Because I don't know what this other person is going to do. That, and, uh, true. so working, you know, that, that gratefulness kind of, again, there's that, that tension, that mm-hmm. moment of tension mm-hmm. that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, the Bible even speaks to that, you know, be grateful for your tests, be grateful right. for the adversity right. you face because, when you pass that one, that makes you better prepared for the next one. Mm-hmm. It sure and, does. And, you know, it, we do, you know, success breeds success, you know, whatever, however you want to paraphrase all that. Uh, but that the, the, the attitude of gratefulness, uh, the attitude of gratitude helps foster that reaction to adversity. Yes. You, you to look at something and to say, I am thankful for what I am going. I don't like it. I did appreciate it at the yes. time, but now looking back at it, I'm grateful it happened because now I'm better prepared. I'm better able to handle things like that. I heard I heard a preacher say one time he was talking about adversity and the stuff that you go through, and he said, "When we hear that we're supposed to be thankful for that, when we hear that we're supposed to count it, you know, joy that we're going through it." He said, "Our culture, we're built to think, I've got oh, I've got problems. Oh, he yeah. goes, it's not something you clap through; it's something you walk through." Like, like you, you go through it with this spirit of, I can, and those words, I can, is what I want people to really, really, really think about right now. The word I can is a mark of positive self-esteem. 
I can do something. And that's our next point. Gratitude improves self-esteem. Here's what I mean by this. Gratitude can help reduce social comparisons because rather than becoming resentful toward people that have something that you desire, you can appreciate somebody else's accomplishments instead. When is the last time you thanked God or you thanked a situation or you thanked an employee or you thanked a company? You thanked somebody, whether or not it's the ultimate being or some other external factor for somebody else's success. Let that sink in. When's the last time you were grateful that somebody else had success and you expressed it? I have told people a lot of times in life, I'm proud of you. I've said that a lot. I've started switching my language lately, and I've sent text out this past week that said this, I am so proud for you. I'm proud of you. Sounds like I'm your babysitter, your dad, you know, whatever, and that's fine. But I started telling people, I'm so proud for you. Because what, what, I, what I mean when I'm saying that is I'm so glad for you. I'm, I'm grateful for what you have going on in your life. And it improves my self-esteem because I'm not caught up in the comparison game of, oh, well, they have something great that I don't have. When I practice the ability to be grateful for somebody else, it can improve my self-esteem because I'm not sitting there going, well, I'm, I'm not as good as them or I don't have it. I'm really expressing the ability to be grateful for them and what that does is that helps me to say, I'm so happy for your accomplishments because you're my friend. You're my acquaintance. We're around each other. And I'm just better for being around you. And people that talk like that have a self-esteem that kicks in because they say, I can have friends like that. I can be grateful for somebody else's success. And you know what? I know them pretty well. I can do that too. And so I think that changes our faith. I think it changes our business model, our mindset, and it will change our communities. Last thing today, I want to tell you this. If I said that the ultimate thing you can say in the morning when your feet hit the ground, the best two words you can utter are this, thank you, let me tell you what it does. It sets you up to have more energy. Let me say that again. It starts your day from a position of more energy, you're more energetic when you know and you practice a gratefulness because what it does is it helps you to reach your goals. College students who kept a journal of gratitude had higher levels of determination, enthusiasm, and attentiveness compared to their peers. Did you hear that? College students who kept a journal of gratitude, things they were grateful for, had higher levels of determination, enthusiasm, and attentiveness when compared to others. Gratitude is a way for somebody to appreciate what they have rather for just reaching for something new in the hopes that it will bring them happiness. And the act of gratefulness in my life can help me to refocus on what I already have instead of what it is that I lack. And here's what I want to finish with today. I want you to hear this and I want you to pack it up and I want you to take it with you. Hear this right here. We all have the opportunity to mindfully practice gratitude. The spirit of gratitude does not have to be something that you just do when you pray. 
Being thankful and being in a spirit of thanksgiving does not just have to do with turkey and stuffing and the Thanksgiving holiday, but being somebody who is thankful is something that I can do and that I can be year-round because I believe that gratitude is a great fuel for people. So remember this, the greatest thing that you can say in any situation is thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this moment of time. Thank you for the life that I've been given. And this, folks, right here, this spirit of gratitude, using it and practicing it is how we can make sure to ensure that the circle remains unbroken.